I get a phone call and it's him, it's my doctor, and he says, well, I just want to tell you that it did come back and that you have invasive breast cancer. They again sent everything off to be tested. I was told it would take about two weeks for this results to come in. So after two weeks, nothing. Uh, it ended up that it took seven weeks to get the results in. But I can say now that those were the most amazing seven weeks of my life. We um, got yet again some news that I didn't really want to hear, which was that it was a high risk and very aggressive cancer. I mean, I had already gone online. I was looking for wigs. I mean, I had, you know, prayed through this. I had cried through this, and I was just ready to, you know, face this battle. I know I've been asked before, did you ever say, why me? And I can't take the glory for that, but no, I didn't. I never, ever, ever said, well, why me? Because in truth, why not me? You know, we always talk about God breaking us, but do you really know what that means to be broken? Have you really allowed Him to break you, seal you back together with His grace, and cover you with His blood? I heard someone say the other day, I hate cancer, and I went, I don't love it, but in my life personally, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Hello, my name is Kim Strahan. I have been married for 40 years to an awesome husband. I have two boys. I'm a teacher and a mentor and a breast cancer survivor. And this is my get up story. Well, hey, girl, welcome to this week's episode of Get Up Girl, a podcast inspired by women of all cultures and backgrounds who have been toe to toe in the ring of discouragement, disappointment, defeat, and how they got back up to fight. Each episode, we'll be discussing, well, all the things marriage, business, parenting, racial divides, grief, loss, and everything in between. We believe that you will be encouraged by these women through their stories. So come on, girl, it's time to get up. On December the 19th, 2011, I was sitting in my quiet room and felt like that I had a very hurting sensation under my left arm. I really wasn't too, too startled by it because I had been carrying a pretty heavy backpack for um, several weeks, but I have always had issues with my breast. I've had several cysts removed. I've had several, I'd had several uh, drained. So it was always kind of something that was, you know, something to be cautious about. So that was on the 19th. I called a friend of mine whose husband is my radiologist. She's a very dear friend of mine. And I said, what do you think? She said, well, it's so close to Christmas. I don't know what we can do. You know, if you can get in to see someone, but go ahead and call your surgeon. 
So I did, and as God would have it, he set me up an appointment for the next day. I went in to the doctor, and it had been a year since I had had my mammogram. So while I was there, he said, okay, we're going to just do your mammogram, and we're going to do ultrasounds, which is what I had been um, routinely doing for several years. So when I go in there, he first of all looks at my left breast, and he's like, you know, it's all fine, not a big deal, but we're going to go in and look at the right one since you're here. We're going to just do your regular physical while you're here. So he looked at that, and immediately this look came on his face and I was like okay what do you see he said well I don't like what I see and so he said we're going to take you into another room and we're going to biopsy this well immediately I'm thinking you're going to cut me open in this office and he basically confirmed that that was the truth so my husband was there with me and we went into this room and he proceeds to cut into my right breast which was extremely painful and um, did the biopsy he said uh, that he was you know with it being this close to the holidays he wasn't sure how long it would take to get the test results back so we left and um, and definitely somewhat of a bit of shock and interestingly enough the next day um, I was just sitting in my living room looking at my Christmas tree and I was alone at the time and I get a phone call and it's him it's my doctor and he says well I just want to tell you that it did come back and that you have invasive breast cancer when I got off the phone it was like my house just filled up with the darkest cloud in every room in my house. Yeah. But yet I remember jumping up out of my chair as I ran to other rooms in my house trying to get away from this, this cloud. I was just kind of sort of crying out. Jeremiah 29 11 for I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you not to harm you and then also Philippians 4 13 for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength and I just kept saying over and over you know God together you and I can do this we can do this that was on the 21st on the 26th of course we had Christmas in between here and on the 26th I went in for my sentinel node injections, which that also was quite painful, but they put the dye into the sentinel nodes so that they can see them when they go into surgery. That was on the 26th, and on the 27th of December, I had a double mastectomy. This sounds pretty radical, but it was a decision that my husband and I had made over the years because of being such a close friend with my radiologist, he said, if something ever does come up, I recommend that everything goes. And so that's what we chose to do. And 
Okay, so you, so you, on the 19th was when you had that pain, is that right? Yes. And within a 10-day time span, you had a double yes. mastectomy? From the 19th to the 27th of December, I went to the doctor, had a biopsy, had sentinel node, node injections, and a double mastectomy. Oh my gosh. And Christmas. And Christmas, right. And you said when, when your doctor called you back on the 26th, he said, you have invasive breast cancer. What does that mean? Well, I just think it's uh, oftentimes you can't. I'm not really an expert on this. Uh, I think what it means is it is not just something we can go in there and like maybe take it, take this one thing out. You know, it's going to require surgery. It's okay. it has invaded the breast. Okay. Um, so. His first thought was we could just do a lumpectomy. But um, as the story goes on, <clears throat> it ended up that it was in my other breast. Oh. So um, had we not made that drastic radical decision years before to do the double mastectomy no matter what, yeah, then I would have had a lumpectomy and then it would have been in the other breast as well. Oh, wow. Uh, which was only discovered once they sent all of the tissue off from the surgery. Mm -hmm. um, because then uh, it was determined that it was estrogen-induced breast cancer. But as it turned out, it was stage one. They again sent everything off to be tested. I was told it would take about two weeks for this results to come in. So after two weeks, nothing. Uh, it ended up that it took seven weeks to get the results in. But I can say now that those were the most amazing seven weeks of my life. Mm -hmm. I, um, I wish I could say it was all wonderful, but it wasn't. But anyway, so the day that it did come back, which was seven weeks later, we um, got yet again some news that I didn't really want to hear, which was that it was a high risk and very aggressive cancer. So which pretty much meant that I would have probably six to eight rounds of port chemo. Well, needless to say, that really kind of sent me over the edge because I had been told, oh, the likelihood of it being that is just so rare. So the one thing I learned is don't ever say what you think about something because yeah. you just don't know. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, the next day or so, I was scheduled to go to my oncologist to see what my treatment was be, was go going to be since the test finally did come in. So I went in and... Um, he handed, he opened up this book that looked to be about two or three inches, <laughs> probably wasn't really, but it looked to be about two or three inches thick, which was my book of my treatment. And as he began to talk to my husband and myself, he said, well, the, the best thing that you did was to have the double mastectomy. And he's the one who then shared with me because it was in the other breast it was, um, I can't recall now what it's called, but just very small um, cells. Mm -hmm. And he said, because of that, I think we can treat you with just a pill. 
And my husband was like, I mean, I had already gone online. I was looking for wigs. I mean, I had, you know, prayed through this. I had cried through this. And I was just ready to, you know, face this battle. And then when my family came home and we sat down to visit, it was like this ever ready I've always described it as like the ever ready bunny you just have hit the wall um it's like life has just sort of stopped and you've hit this wall and you're like okay nothing in life that I've ever thought was really that big a deal is that big a deal anymore it's like the perspective of life completely changed at that moment Mm -hmm. The things that you thought were big deals or that you thought were significant things, you really, I did. I just had this complete change of mind that those things are so senseless. Yeah, It's about one thing, and it's about walking this journey. And as we sat down as a family and talked about it, the one thing that I said was we're going to bring glory. We're going to allow God to bring glory to himself through this. And I know I've been asked before, did you ever say, why me? And I can't take the glory for that, but no, I didn't. I never, ever, ever said, well, why me? Because in truth, why not me? Mm. You know, um, So I could tell from the very get-go that God was so covering me and protecting me from places that my mind could have gone, like the why me, or to get angry. I never, ever, ever experienced anger. Never experienced anger. So we'll go back to the oncologist's office. Okay. And so anyway, he's talking about me getting on the the pill, this chemo pill, which I had never heard of before. Oh, I did have a question about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you said you had the double mastectomy, and this is an ignorant question on my end, but does that not get rid of the cancer? It- well, cancer, I, I had 10 sentinel nodes removed as well. I had the double mastectomy and 10 sentinel nodes removed, um, lymph nodes, because mm-hmm. what they're doing is they're checking to see if it's gotten into your lymph nodes, which mine had not. Okay. But because of the aggression and the high risk, I've always been told that when you have cancer, it's kind of like those little flowers that you used to blow. Mm-hmm. And when it's ex- when you're ex- it's, it's ex- it is exposed, it's like you blew that and it can just go all over your body. And because estrogen is what was feeding my cancer, this is an estrogen blocker. I was also told that within the next two years, I would have a complete hysterectomy. Okay. Uh, You want anything out of your body. I mean, there's foods that I can't eat. There are, you know, just anything that might produce estrogen in your body. Okay. And uh, so, but this is pretty routine that you get put on these pills. Most of the time you can stop any, sometimes people stop at five years. Sometimes I think now they wait for 10 years. They tell you to be on these. But because of the aggression of mine and the high risk, I will take them the rest of my life. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. So um, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think it was a great question. A lot of times I feel like when you don't, your cancer is not staged. Mm-hmm. Once you've had the surgery and they say, well, you really weren't even a stage. Uh, it might be, you know, a different thing. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm really just very knowledgeable only of what mine was. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. But the one thing I heard was, you know, no port chemo. My husband basically said to him, well, if this were your wife, what would you do? And he said, oh, yeah. he said, well, you have about a one percentage greater, uh, less risk of it coming back with port chemo than you do with on this pill and a whole lot more side effects. Yeah. So he said, if it were my wife, she would be taking the, the chemo pill. So that's what I've done. There were um, some side effects from it. As God would have it, I had been on like a supplement, uh, an omega supplement for several years just because I was getting older and my joints were hurting. But (laughs) as I started taking the chemo pill, which, by the way, my first pill was on Valentine's Day. So that's how long between the diagnosis, the surgery and the test coming back that I started, wow. yes, my, my appointment with my oncologist was on Valentine's Day. I left there, picked up my prescription, and swallowed my first one that night. You know, it's kind of like, oh, gee, what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was fine. I um, would go back every, I think I was going like every two months there at the beginning. And I told him when he handed me this very large book about my treatment, I said, I don't want to read it. I've not Googled anything, which I highly, he told me, he said, that's the best thing you could have Uh ever done Uh is do not Google anything. And I said, well, I haven't. And um, so I brought the book home, put it in a drawer. And to this day, in fact, I think I've actually thrown it away. But every time I would go back, he would say, well, are you having any joint pain? And I'm like, well, no, should I be? And um, so come to find out that is since I've had other people that have been on this pill, um, that is the main side of one of their largest side effects, of course, in their hair coming out a little bit. But the um, the health food store was out of it. I had been on, you know, this journey with this pill for about six or seven months. The health food store ran out of my supplement So for about a week, they were out of it, and my husband was literally picking me up and carrying me around because I couldn't walk. Wow. So to think that God had put me on that that supplement years before this happened was absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, even my oncologist, he's, of course, added a few supplements over the years, but, you know, even he has said, that's amazing. And, um, you know, I do yoga. That has helped tremendously, but the the joint medicine was just crazy amazing mm. he said i just can't believe you don't have any pain whatsoever i said well i did for about a week but my husband has said we will never ever run out of those again yeah so um the i think one of the most difficult things about having cancer of any sort the physical pain is great but um and if you're a believer for me, the spiritual pain was more like a spiritual warfare for me, which I can get into that a little later. I think the emotional um, 
journey for me was was really unusual because I'm the kind that when something is really difficult for me, I sort of just sink inside myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, We didn't tell people. It was probably maybe two handfuls of people that knew just because that's what we had chosen to do. I did, my family knew, a few people from my church knew, and that's about it. That's just the way we wanted it. I didn't want to have to tell the story. I couldn't say the word cancer for six months, and I certainly didn't want to have to go around telling everybody what was going on. And so um, we, we did keep it to ourselves. But the emotional journey was crazy. Um, I can remember many times thinking if I just had a switch that I could turn my thoughts off things just going through my head. I didn't want my husband out of my sight. I -hmm. experienced um, a tremendous amount of um, PTSD because I ended up going to see a counselor at my church because I just was um, having anxiety attacks and things of that nature. So when I went to see him, it was very interesting because I sat down. He's, he's a very dear friend of mine, and I sat down, and um, I'm just a Southern girl, so I had like five or six <laughs> handkerchiefs sitting in my lap, and he asked, asked me a question, and I, I immediately just started bawling. Um, I just couldn't stop. I think my first session with him was tears. Yeah. And uh, explaining, you know, what was going on. That I and I, my first thing I said was, I just want to be me again. Yeah. I just want to be me. And you know, I experienced a lot of like, I know I would get in the shower at night and I would just have this suffocating feeling like I have to get out of here. And there would be nights when we would just go to Target just to be around bright lights just to get out of darkness. And um, I didn't want to read anything that was sad. I didn't want to watch sad TV. I just really didn't want to be a part of anything negative. And it's been very interesting because God has shown me so much through that because negativity gets us nowhere. In fact, I have a saying in my house now that if you grumble, you stay in the wilderness. And so that was, uh, but at the time, it was just really difficult for me to hear people talking about things that were hard. Like, I didn't want to read the paper. I didn't want to do any of that. Anything that might be sad, I didn't want to be any part of it. So I went to my counselor for mm, maybe three months every week, I think for three months. And he, the last day that I went to see him, I think I finally did stop crying on about the third or fourth one, but I did keep saying, I just want to be me. And he's an awesome guy, shared with me, you know, precious things from the from the Bible. And finally, one day I told him, I said, I really don't think I need to come back. So he said, well, just come back for one more appointment. So I went in and he looked at me and he said, well, is the old Kim back? And I went, no, and I don't want her back. Because God had just really done and was doing, I can't say that it was done, 
but he was doing such an amazing thing in my life because all of my life, since I was eight years old, I have been um, a believer. My family would go on mission crusades in the summer. We would go work with church plants. Um, I've taught ESL at my church for several years. I taught a painting class at my church. I have been always involved wherever we've lived. I've always been involved in my church. And to me, that was the one thing that God really broke down in me was my self-righteousness. Because when the ever-ready bunny hit the wall, it was like, it doesn't matter what you've done in your life. That is not going to get you through this. Yeah. We think we have these awesome resumes of our walk with the Lord. And when something like this happens, it's like, that doesn't matter anymore. And interestingly enough, I began to use the phrase, I have come to the end of me. And I truly felt that I had because you don't realize how many times you use the word I Well, I've been this. Well, I've been that, you know, kind of like I've been this, I've been that. Why, you know, but then when I came to that wall, I was like, I doesn't really matter anymore what I've done. So it unbeknownst to me, and I can humbly say this, I think for 54 years, I lived a very self-righteous life Mm. Um, because I've I've had a very blessed life, and maybe I just, somewhere in the deepest, darkest of my heart, I thought maybe I had a little bit to do with that. Yeah. But God quickly showed me, you can't get out of this one, Mm -hmm. which was hard, but yet has been the most amazing thing through this whole experience was coming to the end of me Mm -hmm. and realizing I don't really hold the key anyway in any of my life, be it my family, my husband, my, my health. We think we're building an awesome resume, quote unquote, for God. And God says, that's just nothing. Yeah. It says filthy rags. And, um, and it is. So, I was, if you looked at the resume of my life, it would have been, well, okay. Yeah. But that all broke down the day that I was told that I had breast cancer. So to say that I wanted the old Kim back, in essence, was I really don't. Mm-hmm. Because the new one had learned a very humbling, difficult understanding of breaking down my self-righteousness and I think truly thinking and realizing that since I was eight years old that God had been my savior but he had not been the Lord of my life mm-hmm. when you started the the chemo pill is that right is that what it's called mm-hmm. so it's it's chemotherapy in a pill form Mm-hmm. Is that right? It's an estrogen blocker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chemo. Um, how long were you on, were you taking that? I mean, I know you said you have to take it for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess the question I'm trying to get at is, when were you declared 
cancer-free or remission or, I mean, and again, I'm kind of ignorant to this topic, so I don't really know all how that works, but I mean, was there a follow-up appointment where they said, hey, you're good now? I mean, what, what does that yeah, look like? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, um, in my mind, I kind of like to think that, you know, that I pretty well I say in my mind I think at the time when I was having to go in like every two or three months I can't remember and do blood work there's always that you know oh dear what's it going to be has something shown up Mm -hmm. and um so I did that in fact I've just begun going every six months this last year okay so um people always say well you know and I, I know this now, you you kind of look at everything in life as before cancer and after cancer, and you, you, you live with cancer. It's not something that even though I consider myself cured, mm-hmm. I've had it, and I know that it could always come back. Yeah. So uh, I feel like, though, that 10 years out is kind of the measuring stick now it used to be like five years but I think 10 years now is kind of a really you know a goal that people like to get to but like I said before anytime something comes up on you or you feel a certain way you all that's always in the back of your mind yeah did you have a battle with fear during all this it's really interesting. I don't really think that I, I did not fear dying. And it was such a relief to me because God said, I'm the one who's packing the, the luggage for everywhere you go in life. And I'm going to put in there what you need. Mm-hmm. And you can trust that. Yeah. Because I know where you're going. You don't. And so because I know where you're going, and I don't, and I don't mean that to mean heaven or hell. I mean that, that he knows what my journey is going to be. Yeah. And so he packs my bag for where he's going to send me and he prepares me for where he's going to send me. Mm. And um, so I stopped saying that I wasn't, you know, fighting this battle in the Christian way because I was fighting it in the way that God needed me to, which was breaking me down. Yeah. And um, I even know I said something to one of my sisters one time. I said, I'm not using this cancer. I mean, I remember telling God that, you know, I wanted to glorify. I wanted him to be glorified through this. But I said, I really don't think he is because I just cry all the time and I don't ever want to leave the house. And she's like, it's a journey. And and it is. Mm -hmm. It's a journey. And I can tell people now that I'm living in the glory of what I was only anticipating and praying for almost eight years ago in my quiet room because I could pray. There's many pages on my Bible with lots of teardrops on it. Mm -hmm. But I started a gratitude journal. And in it, I said, I'm going to find something to be grateful for every day. So I just started writing down the simplest of things that I would be grateful for. It might be, I saw a butterfly today. My son and husband are in the kitchen laughing. Mm. The simplest of things to be grateful for. Yeah. And I can tell you that when we, when we change our focus into gratitude, it changes our attitude. 
I would like to say that it completely wiped everything away, but it didn't because God wasn't finished yet. So um, anyway, so the gratitude journal was awesome. I would like to, I will, I am able to say though that probably by the middle of the summer, or yeah, middle of the summer, I was completely okay. I took my first road trip by myself to see my sisters. It was good. Yeah. So um, it's, you know, from there I could just say, God, you really did an awesome thing. You just, you know, somebody says, well, well, was it not a struggle waiting seven weeks for your test results? You know, because I couldn't start my treatment until I got that test back. I mean, I already knew I had cancer, but this was going to determine the gr- the grade, I think, of the cancer and what your treatment was be yeah. was going to be. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I said, you know, as I recall, my husband and I just kept saying, there's a reason for this. There's a purpose behind waiting seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was going to ask you, one of my questions I thought of was, um, during those seven weeks, I mean, what went on in your mind in and for your husband too. I had this thought, and it was from the from the Holy Spirit saying, "Why do you keep up keep looking at passages about who you are? Look up passages about who I am." Wow. And so I thought, okay. So I went to joy. I went to peace. I went to all the things that that's who God is, mm-hmm. and it was just. So amazing. Not so good, Miss Kim. Because we do have a tendency to just think, I've got to, I've got to, and, and God says, I already know what you're going through. You don't need to keep looking up passages for that. You and yeah. I both know what you're going through. Yeah. You need a little bit of me mm-hmm. and a whole lot less of you. Life on the other side of this is amazing. And just like I told my counselor, I don't want to see Kim the old Kim ever again. Yeah. I can tell you that I still have issues with grumbling. Mm-hmm. I just, God just instilled something in me that um, just, I don't like it from my own lips and I don't like it anywhere I go. I'm like, I can't stand grumbling because I'm thinking, why do we want to stay in the wilderness yeah. You know, and are we saying to God, I don't like what you're doing? And so I feel like when we grumble, that's what it is. And so it's just better to say, I, I don't understand what your hands are doing right now, but I know your heart mm-hmm. and your heart loves me. And so that part is still is is is, is a blessing to me, uh, you know, to feel that way. And that's really been probably one of the greatest things is I've learned to just be completely surrendered. I don't make lists anymore. I used to be a list maker because I loved crossing things off. Mm -hmm. I don't make a lot of plans. I just have found real peace and resting in his will. And I don't always have to know what it is. Um, the unknown when you're when you have cancer is is probably a scary place because there's a lot of unknowns, be it tests, be it whatever. 
you're facing so many unknowns and then you realize I don't know but he does Mm -hmm. and I don't have to know and so anything that I learned in cancer has just been amazing in just my my regular life now you know of realizing I didn't know going into doctor's appointments what I was what I would hear. I didn't know waiting on tests. I didn't know what pain I might be suffering physically. And I didn't have to know. But I look back on that now and I think, you know, that's exactly where I needed to be was inside myself because that's what God was breaking. Yeah. He really wanted me quiet before him so that he could break me that he could break the very person that I had been relying on all these years. Wow. I would not take my journey. I wouldn't do anything different with it. In fact, I can remember as I started kind of coming out of it, I would be in my quiet room and I would just go, God, please don't ever let me forget this. Yeah. Don't ever let me forget. And until I start talking about it like I am now, I do. Mm-hmm. Now I can tell you come December it will it will really come back. Mm. You know, you never go through those days that it doesn't all replay in your mind. Yeah. So this December will be 8 years? Yes. Since you first found out, since you were first diagnosed. Yes. Okay. And um and that's I'm sure they'll, I don't know, you know, there may come a time when these dates can cross by and I don't even think anything about it, but I kind of doubt it. Yeah. And if God so chooses, he will answer my prayers the way I wanted that I never forget it because it was truly the most life-changing thing. The things that I do now, helping him, um, I mean, working with God in these ministries uh, down in New Orleans at Women at the Well here in Shreveport at the jail. Where I was I teach just Bible thinking, studies. like, you go into jails and teach Bible studies. <laughs> Never would I have done that. Right. Never. And you go in with a boldness. Like, you just blaze in there. I go in there. You know, people say, well, do you plan a lesson? And I say, yeah, a little bit. But all you have to do is walk into the pod, and it's like God starts talking. Yeah. You know, uh, but no, I would have never, ever done that. If you were over four feet tall (laughs) and of a certain age, I just couldn't do it. You know, I basically, I felt like, and you know what? I think about it. I don't know that I really did have a story to tell. I do now. I have a God story to tell. And then when I started going down to New Orleans with my church group, that just took a whole nother impactful place. I mean, it was like, man, I've got a story to tell. Yeah, you do. You know, I have a story. And it's not so much necessarily about cancer, that in and of itself, but it's about, you know, we always talk about God breaking us, but do you really know what that means to be broken? Have you really allowed him to break you, seal you back together with his grace and cover you with his blood? Mm -hmm. That's a whole different ballgame. And so because I saw what he did for me and what I continue over these last eight years to see him doing in my life through trials, be they small ones, like maybe a spat with my husband, I go back and I go, okay, God, what do you want to teach me? Yeah. There's something in me that needs to change. And I know you're faithful. 
because I've seen your faithfulness so much. So the faithfulness comes in his faithfulness, not in mine. Yeah, that's really good. And so it just makes life, it really makes life simple and easy Mm -hmm. because I realized it's just not in my, I don't have to control it. Yeah, what a freedom. It is a freedom, and that's what it's called, freedom in Christ, because I think, you know, you did a whole lot of stuff before I was ever created, yeah. and I wasn't even here. <laughs> yeah. And I've watched in these last 65 years, you do a lot of amazing things, and it took a real blow to my lack of humbleness. Mm-hmm. But I say, I heard someone say the other day, I hate cancer, and I went, I don't love it, but in my life personally, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me next to my salvation. Yeah. It was a gift from God. And I always say that in any of our trials, we're going to become bitter or we're going to become better. We can waste our trials, and that's the saddest thing to me. I see it all the time. In my jail ministry, I see it all the time. I'm like, God is allowing you to walk this this journey, this trial, but you're wasting it. Mm -hmm. You're wasting it. Yeah, that's incredible. I love your I love your freedom. I mean, you can I know I can see you right now, so no one else can see you but me in this moment. But you can hear the freedom in your voice, which is one thing I love about you. Um, what what is some what's some advice that you would give to a woman that may be battling? that maybe has battled cancer or maybe just found out she was diagnosed with a form of cancer or anyone who may be walking this road, what's some advice you would give to her? The greatest thing that I can tell people is, um, number one, it is hard. I think for people that are beginning the walk or, or are walking in it right now, get your Bible out. Don't focus on, like I said earlier, don't focus on your weaknesses. One of my favorite verses through this journey was always 2 Corinthians 12, 9, which says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And my answer to that, scripture says, is then I'm going to brag about my weakness. <laughs> I'm going to relish in that weakness. Mm. Because until we, hand, until we hand God our weaknesses, he can't make them strong. Mm. And so what I would say to someone is, be as weak as you need to be. Get on your knees. Stay low. Stay humble. I, I know the scripture passage that talks about how God collects our tears in a bottle. And unbeknownst to me, there really, really was a thing back in the Victor even further back than the Victorian time of um, tear bottles, tear catchers. So my husband, who's a potter, we've started making little bottles to, and we put, I put a little bit of my story in there to catch tears. Oh my gosh, I love that. And um, and my prayer is always that their tears would be caught and that they realize that when God catches them, as he promises in scripture, that he will rain them back down on us as mm-hmm. blessings. So cry as you will. Tear, tears are good. Yeah. Allow him to collect them. 
and then expect them to come back down on you as blessings. Mm, I love it. You're so full of wisdom. I just want to sit at your feet all day. (laughs) No, I don't know. All day, every day. (laughs) I don't know about that. You know, it's just, that's, that's yet again, God. Um, all right, so I have some fun questions for you that I ask everyone. Just some lighthearted questions. Um, what are three things you do every day, like in, in your day-to-day, in the life of Mama Kim? <laughs> oh, dear. Well, <laughs> I thought about that, and I thought, well, you know, really and truly every day, you know, because remember I said I don't have plans. Right. We just wake up, and we let, let go and go. let God, yes. But now, one pretty consistent thing, not every day, because not on the weekends, is I do yoga. Okay. Um, it's wonderful. It's helped me physically. It's just a very good way uh, to relax. So I, I do the yoga. I love to visit with Jesus. My quiet room is my happy place. Yeah. Um, I love to go in there and, you know, when I say that I visit with Jesus, I don't go in there just to talk to him. I'll go in there to listen to him. Um, you know, no, I have never heard this, Kim, this is, this is the Lord talking, but I'm telling <laughs> you. what you think God would sound like? Yes, Kim, this is the Lord talking. But I can tell you when you're somewhere I always kind of chuckle when people say to me, oh, you know, I can worship God anywhere. I can talk to God anywhere. That's true. You can talk to God, but can you hear God in the busyness? I have a little saying in my quiet quiet room. It says, God is in the whispers of the day. And so to really be able to, you know, just sit and chat with Jesus, read scripture and say, you know, what are you telling me here? Talk to me. You have to be quiet. Yeah. You know, yes, Jesus talks all over the place. You know, I mean, I, that's my number one thing is find find him everywhere. Uh, listen to the birds. Listen to the, I raise butterflies. I raise monarch butterflies. But just to find God everywhere. I think that's about all I could say that I really do every day. Every day, yeah. yeah. Other than that, you're like, hey, whatever you got for me today, Lord. I do. And and it's really, it's really a fun thing because of the ministry that I'm in of mentoring people. It has really, I've watched the Lord on a day when I really don't have anything scheduled. He will, sometimes he, he gives me like space and says, I'm not going to allow you to, I'm, I'm going to not allow, not demand that you do anything today. But then there are times when I go, this person texts me, this person call me, they need to go to coffee. There was a couple of weeks back, I had three coffee dates in one day. I mean, I literally sat at the coffee shop at my church and never <laughs> left. But that's freeing for yeah. me to be able to do that. It, it was so stressful when you're busy to try to find time for people who need you. And um, so that's, I really enjoyed kind of freeing up my time and making it available, yeah. you know, for God to use. And sometimes he just says, I'm going to let you stay home mm. and just clean your house. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Okay. Um, what are some books you've read that have impacted your life? Well, I've spoken of one already, which, like I said, it's so cool to see these books that have come into existence after the fact of phrases that I said while I was sick that I didn't even realize there was a book with that same title. 
of course, I mentioned the Red Sea, um, the Red Sea rules, which is of the Exodus fourteen fourteen verse that's yeah. been in my kitchen. The other one is a book by Kyle Eidelman called At the End of Me. Oh, wow. Wow. Yes. Well, crazy as that <laughs> is. I mean, I'm like, I've got to read that book because that's what I said a million times mm-hmm. as I have come to the end of me. So it is an awesome, awesome book. Uh, of course, my Bible is the greatest book. I will ever read because it's living and it's active and it changes my life. These others are great books. The other one I love is called Breakfast with Bonhoeffer. I read it years ago um, and reread it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's if you're not familiar with Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he's um, he's a Holocaust survivor. It's just a great, great book. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll Good have to books. check those out. Yeah. Um, okay, and then my last fun question for you is, what are two interesting facts about you that may surprise people? Well, I've kind of already alluded to one, is the fact that I've taught third grade Sunday school for 28 years. Um, <laughs> I don't know that there's really that many interesting things about well, me. I had no idea about the butterflies. You just dropped oh, that one on me. Oh, yeah, the butterflies. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. But this is really interesting, too. I... I got home from um, I, from my surgery, from my double mastectomy, and I was just standing in the kitchen, and I had, like, these four awful drains hanging off my body and this bandage and stuff all over me. And I just can remember sitting in the kitchen, and um, I'm just – I heard this little red bird. I had a little feeder outside my kitchen window, and, of course, in December in Louisiana, you can open your windows – so yeah. I happened to have my window open, and this little bird was just chirping away on my windowsill on, on the birdhouse, and I was sitting in there, and I thought to myself, I kind of started tearing up, because this was like I had just gotten home, maybe like the, the day after I had gotten home from the hospital, and I remember just kind of crying, and I said, God, will I ever sing again like that bird? And he said to me, what is that bird doing? He's feeding on the seed that you've put out there. And it was a red bird. It was the male cardinal. And he said, if you will feed on my word, you will sing again. Okay, so in 2013, I believe, which would have been two years after I was diagnosed, this is how God, when he starts using you, he will. He gets busy. Mm Mm-hmm. I had gone to Rhino's Coffee to pick up some coffee for a friend of mine and myself. I was headed over to her house. We get Americanos, so they're extremely hot. Plus, I had requested that they be extra hot. Mm -hmm. I'm riding down Thrill Hill with the coffee. I reach down to pick up the cup of coffee, and it spills in my lap. Now, I ended up having second and third degree burns on both of my legs. Oh, my gosh. But the interesting thing about it was I was scheduled to give my testimony in Mississippi to two churches, two separate churches, I believe it was two or three, within the next week and a half. And I now have second and third degree burns on my legs. So I, of course, go to the doctor and the doctor's like, well, I really don't think you need to do that. And and I'm like, well, um, they actually had sold tickets because they were like little women's things and stuff. And I'm like, well, I, 
I really think I need to do this. And this is going to be the first time now I'm about to really give my testimony. Yeah. And they wanted to hear all about my birds. But <laughs> he kept telling me that you have to stay here because I have to keep popping all these blisters or your legs will get infected. So the night before, they just would not dry up. They just would not go away. They just kept having to get popped and kept ha- they were very painful. They just kept having to be popped. About two nights before I was to leave, my husband popped them that night. The next morning I woke up, no blisters. What? No gone. blisters. No, the blisters were gone. That's a, what a testimony. But that, that my naming my birds is probably... I love, I did not know that about you. I love that. I do. That's why you have the red bird on your blog. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's my yard. Oh, That's, okay. Okay, okay. Yes. It's all connecting. Yes. And <laughs> uh, there is a there is a um a post on there about my birds, I believe, about mm-hmm. all the birds. Okay. But I've since had other birds to appear and thus they have gotten names, but yeah. I haven't added them. Okay. Oh, that's so cool. They're well, all books names from the Bible. Yeah. I love it. People from the Bible. Well, thank you Mama Kim for Hey, thank you. coming and sharing your story and I, I I really do treasure you in my heart. You've you've been a safe place for me for a long time. So oh, thank you sweet. for it's an honor to just be able to sit here and talk to you. And um, so thank you for coming and taking time out of your night and sharing your story. Well, thank you for asking me. And like I said, this was just woven into the day. Yeah. Oh, I love yes. you, Miss Kim. Thank you, and thank you for doing this. Such an as I was praying on the way over here, I'm like, God, this is just an awesome thing that that Leanne's doing, and um, you know, you'll be it'll be used in a powerful way. That's all He asks is for us to be. You know, He doesn't ask for our ability; He asks for our availability. Yeah, and that's what you're doing. Oh, thank you, Miss Kim. That means the world to me. Yes. What a testimony, a testimony of healing and finding peace and just being so dependent on God in the everyday. Whoo, y'all, I just, it's too good. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I just, I feel like we all need some more Mama Cam in our lives. You know what I'm saying? Like she is the dictionary definition of peace, y'all. And she's been that way as long as I've known her. She's always that peaceful. She's always that steady. And I actually didn't put this in the podcast, but at the end of our interview, I asked her if there was anything else she wanted to talk about that maybe I forgot to ask or, you know, that we haven't covered. And it was such a cool moment because she just got still and she closed her eyes and she said, Holy Spirit, is there anything that I need to say that I haven't said already? Is there anything that hearts need to hear that I haven't communicated? And she sat there in in silence, just listening for the voice of the Lord like she talked about. And then she opened her eyes and she said, Nope, you know what, Leanne, I think... I think that's all. I think I've said everything the Lord's told me to say. And it was just such a cool moment and a good reminder that that's what it's about. It's just she's in constant communication with God. It's absolutely beautiful. And I love her. She's fantastic. All right, y'all, as always, I I hope you enjoyed this episode today and that you were able to walk away with something in your heart. I know I did. I do every time I'm with Miss Kim. And hey, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. Um, That just helps us spread the word and, you know, kind of makes us look cool. So if you could just take 27 seconds to go do that, we'd really appreciate it. And also don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and family. If if you're finding some encouragement here, please, we want to spread this around. That's our whole goal. Um, It's just to spread encouragement. So please share. 
um, with your coworkers or the guy in the checkout line at Walmart, whoever you feel needs some encouragement in their life because we all do. Okay, y'all. Thanks for tuning in today. And until next time.